Good morning. So this morning is our communion Sunday. It's something that we do around here um, every month. And it's something that Jesus instructed his disciples to do on that last night that they were together when they were having supper before he was crucified on the cross. So in just a little bit, we're going to take a wafer and remember his body that was broken for us on that cross. And then we're going to take some juice, which represents his blood that was shed for us on the cross. And it's going to be a beautiful and sacred and holy moment that we get to do together. And um, it's an honor and privilege to be able to do that together as a church family. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but just for the next few minutes, I want to get a want a chance to share with you just a little bit about my own journey with communion recently and um, share with you what the Lord's been stirring on my own heart. Pastor Rhonda asked me to speak on um, communion Sunday, and I thought, well, that's interesting. That's exactly what the Lord's been teaching me. So I guess I have an opportunity just to kind of share my heart with you. So that's what you get today. You just kind of get to be along for my journey. Um, but I want to start off by telling you a story. So I want to tell you a story about the cutest, sweetest, smartest, most brilliant four-year-old girl. Just kidding, it's me. Um, <laughs> when I was about three or four years old, I had a best friend. And she was kind, she was nice, she was very fun to be with, and she was very adventurous, and she was invisible. Yeah, I was that kid. I had the imaginary friend. Her name was Erin, and she really was like my best friend. And when I say friend, I mean she went with me everywhere. And bless my mom, she even got to sit at the dinner table with us sometimes and had her, her own little uh, dinner plate. We were good friends. She was my bud. Well, one day, um, we're driving down the freeway, as the story has it. And uh, my parents had this old Volkswagen van way before seatbelts were probably even invented. So I'm in the back, and I'm just kind of running around playing with me and Aaron, of course. We're having a good time. And my dad kept saying, Casey, you've got to sit down. You can't get up and run around. It's dangerous. And so, of course, I would obey him for like a second, and then I'd get back up and jump back over the seat. And he finally said, Casey, stay in your seat. Don't get up. If you get up again, I'm going to throw Aaron out the window. So you can imagine my mom is like, what did you just threaten to do? Um, but I obeyed. I was like, wow. So I sat still. I didn't move for like 30 seconds until Aaron wanted to go play, and then we had to get up and run around again. And all of a sudden, my dad driving along, being the man of his word, says, Casey, I told you, get up out of your seat again. I'm throwing her out the window. So he, as he's driving along, reaches back and grabs Aaron, rolls the window down, and just chucks her out the window, and rolls the window back up. So at this point, I'm sure my mom's like seeing dollar signs for therapy, you know, like, what did you just do to our daughter? And I was like, whoa. I just sat so still, I'm like, wow, what? And I'm sure just like crickets, right? So super quiet in the car. Until I was like, Dad, roll down your window. Superman caught Aaron. 
So he rolled down his window and said, oh, thank you, Superman, and handed me back my best friend. See, I was confident as a four-year-old girl that Superman would save Aaron because, well, I just really needed my friend back, but also because that's what he did. He would, like, show up just in time and save the day, and so that's what I knew him to do. And as a young girl, I knew just enough from the cartoons, like, he's going to do this for me, right? And so as um, silly and as embarrassing and as really nothing um, more than embarrassing that, unfortunately, true story is, I've got to say, the Lord has a funny way of using little things in our lives, right? And he has used this story over the last few weeks. You see... I want to have the same amount of confidence in the Lord doing what he says he's going to do that I did when I was four years old and trusting in Superman. And I'll be honest, sometimes my world and sometimes the world gets a little overwhelming to me. I start to feel um, overwhelmed. I start to feel the anxiety rise. I start to feel consumed by the things of this world, and I start to wonder, like, what's, how's this going to work out? What is going to happen? What, it, what are you doing? I don't see it. I, I don't see the end result here. So I, the other night, I was talking to the Lord about this, and I was talking to him about expectations. And just like a sweet kiss from heaven, the words, remember me, fell in my mind. Remember And I've sat with the Lord about this, and he has been reminding me of the power of remembering him, and it's beautiful. You see, remembering what he has done gives you confidence in what he will do. Because of who he has been, you can be confident in who he will be. So because of what he has done for us, we can be confident in the future of what he will do for us. So I don't have to wonder. I don't have to worry. I don't have to have the discouragement. I get to dig down deep and intentionally remember what he's done for me in the past to have confidence moving forward into what he is going to do. 18 years ago, the Lord uh, supernaturally healed my body. I had have part of my thyroid removed, and it left me a mess physically. And he supernaturally grew back a part of my thyroid that didn't exist. And it was just enough to where my body could function on its own. It was a full-on creative miracle. That's my story. So today, when I have new physical issues, and I do, um, I get that story to remember. So... When I start to feel discouraged or hopeless, I remember what he did for me then to know what he is going to do for me now. And we all have these things that he has saved us from. We have the chains he broke us free from, the addictions that he set us free from. We have these stories. Many of us probably have the story of like the check arriving in the mail, you know, when you had the bill due that you had no idea how you're going to pay for and there's just the money to, to pay for it. Some of us have had like the deep, dark, darkest sorrow be instantly lifted and you feel that joy and gladness. When we take time to remember 
what he has done in our lives, a mighty confidence starts to stir. But sometimes our pain and our circumstances can kind of get that, can kind of mess with our memories. You know, the things that you think, oh, I'm never going to forget this, Lord. All of a sudden, you have like no recollection. And we forget what he has brought us from, um, from what he has redeemed us from, what he has saved us from. And that's okay. I think he knew that would happen. And I think that's one of the things I love about the Bible. Because the Bible is filled with accounts of him healing and delivering and saving and providing. So if there is an area in your life where you have not had personal victory, or there's an area that you have not been healed in yet, go to Scripture. It's in there. He is the same today as he was then. Same Jesus. So if he did it for them, he will do it for us. And you can be confident in that. I think of... um, Mark chapter 4, when Jesus was on the boat with his disciples, and there was a storm, and it's raging around him. Verse 39 says, He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Does anyone need to be reminded that he can bring peace to your craziness, that he can be that he can bring peace to your storm? I do. It's there. It's what he did. It's, it's who he is. It's what he did then, and it's what he will do for us today. Um, I think about Matthew 14, when Jesus feeds the 5,000 with just five loaves of bread and two tiny little baby fish. If he can provide more than enough with what seems so insufficient, why am I ever afraid of lack? He basically took nothing and turned it into something. That destroys our poverty mindset instantly. He can and he will provide what we need no matter what we have to offer him. It's what he did and it's what he will do. Luke 8. Oh, I love this one. When Jesus healed a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years just by touching the hem of his robe as he walked by. Are any of us in need of a physical healing? Maybe something that feels like too big, <laughs> like it's, it's too much to ask, or it's something that you've had prayer for and it hasn't gone away. Twelve years of bleeding every single day and one touch from him, and she was healed. He did it then. He does this today. And these are the things we need to remember because remembering what he has done gives us confidence in what he will do. So I've been praying all week that as I'm up here sharing that the Holy Spirit would just start to remind us all of things maybe that we have even forgotten in our lives, things that Jesus has done in our lives, in the lives of our family and of our friends, stories from years ago of his faithfulness, of his protection, of his love, And although our personal faith is strengthened when we start to think of these things and remember, I believe that there's also another step, and I believe that there's more to it than just that. Revelation 19.10 says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So a testimony is just a spoken or written word of any of God's activity. 
And when we share that with someone else, our testimony of Jesus begins to prophesy to that person what Jesus will do for them. I heard Bill Johnson one time say that our testimonies are important because they're stories of God's nature. It reveals his heart. It reveals his character. It reveals his history with mankind. Did you know that the word history, I'm sorry, the word in Hebrew for testimony comes from the root word that means to do it again. All throughout scripture, we are told to keep the testimony, which shows that all along, his intention is to do it again. It's never been just one and done. It's like over and over, go share your testimony, share your testimony. Because when we share our testimony of Jesus, we are prophesying to them what Jesus will do for them. So when we hear people share about what God has done in our lives or in their lives, it begins to stir up this confidence. It begins to stir up this anticipation. And I guarantee if we had time to go around this room and had everybody stand up one by one and start to share their God stories, share their testimonies, I think this room would be so thick with anticipation of what God could do and what he will do. And we would start to see him do those same things because that's what his word says. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I also believe that we're designed to be in community. That's why I love that we get to do this together and and be together today. Um, And I think this is a big part of why we are intended to exist in community is because we get to share back and forth. As a mom... Man, there are days when I am, like, so overwhelmed and so burdened and just feel so heavy and I can't see right past me and I just am, like, holding on to, holding on to hope that I am doing it right. But when I sit down with another mom friend of mine and she starts to share the victories of her kids' lives or something that the Lord has taught her in regards to parenting, all of a sudden, like, a surge of strength just like rages up. And it's so exciting because I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, please tell me more. Like it gets better. Tell me. It produces this confidence and this anticipation and this excitement. And just because her victory is not my victory yet, I don't have to be jealous. It doesn't heap shame on me for not being there yet. It tells me what God is going to do for me. This is true for every area of my life. I encourage you to find friends who will hold your hands up, who will sing your song over you, but who will share their stories, who will dig deep, who will tell you the things that the Lord has done, who will share their testimonies with you. Let him reveal his heart and his character to you through their stories. And as we transition um, quickly here, as we begin to take the elements together this morning, I want to just share really quickly how this has connected in communion for me personally. As the Lord has been highlighting this idea of remembering, um, I, I wanted to take this idea of remembering what he has done in order to be confident in what he is going to do and mix it in with my communion time. Now, you can do communion even when you're not at church. And uh, that's something that I have started adding into my own daily time with the Lord. And what that has looked like for me is every day when I sit down with my juice and my cracker, 
I begin to pray for each one of my family members by name. And not only do I pray, but I begin to remember and speak out loud what the Lord has done for each one of them by name. I remember the anxiety. I remember the disappointment. I remember the fear. I remember praying for friends. I remember all of the things that the Lord has done for them as I'm holding his body and recognizing this is how it happened. And then by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, I can, I can go boldly and declare what the scripture says will happen over each one of their lives. I don't have to wonder. It's spelled out. He already did it for us. And the faith and the expectation that has begun, has begun to rise up in me is so great. So today as we take the elements together, I want to take a moment, and I would encourage you just to take a moment to remember. As you're sitting and you're waiting for your turn to come get the elements, would you just quiet your heart and begin to remember the things that he's done for you? What has he done for your children, for your family, for your business, for your friends? And above all, would we remember the greatest testimony? the greatest redemption story, the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross to save us from our sins. On that cross, he took our shame, he took our guilt, he took our sin, and his blood was shed so that we would be made whole. Perfect physical healing and life eternal. This is our story to remember. It's been done. He died for us. We get to claim that. If nothing else, that's your story. You get that. He did that for you. And there is no amount of fear or anxiety or disappointment or discouragement that can ever take that away. What he did is done. So as we hold his body and his body, blood today, can we be reminded of what he has done so we can start to take this posture of expectation of what he is going to do. Let me pray, and then we're going to go ahead and dismiss. I'm going to have the back rows come out the sides and grab the elements, and then if you would just come back up the middle aisle and hold on to the elements. We're going to take them all together this morning. Um, Let me pray for us before we start here. Father, I thank you for the sacrifice of your son on the cross. Thank you that we get to have this story. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just bring to mind, help us remember all of the things that Jesus has done for us in our lives. Would we posture our heart and have a posture of expectation knowing what you've done gives us bold confidence to approach you knowing what you will do. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
1 Corinthians 11, 23, 24 says, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, we thank you. We thank you and we thank you. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son. Would you allow us to know more? Would you allow us to remember more? Would you allow us this confidence in approaching what's to come? Thank you for the body that was shed and the blood that was shed for us to save us. We are so grateful and so thankful. In Jesus' name. So I'm going to invite Pastor Kurt to come up.